Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It was bandied around, though, right? I, I, I agree, no right. I, I agree, no right. Tip the scale. Just remember that. Then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You're going to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that show. we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Pain. It's pain. It's like waking up like... Anyway, you're welcome to the Irish Examiner Championship podcast. We've uh, kind of a yeah, we've a motley crew here today. Myself and Mr. Michael Quirk, Tony Lean, Larry, and Michael Moynihan. Um, uh, and you're all welcome, listeners. Um, I was just saying to Michael out there, we're having a cup of tea, and uh, just saying when you're actually not, when you removed a bit and you're doing a bit of punditry, just to throw it out there, you don't really feel the same as if. You know, I just had the wife and kids with me at the match and we went home to the local and had a drink and debating it and he was good and he was... You're a bit removed. I, that was the weird thing about yesterday to yeah. kick it off on, on a clear footing. Yeah, and it was funny. You know, I was only coming up in the car and I was after watching you yesterday and I watched your... your uh, you know, your reaction after the game. It's obviously a very strange kind of place to be when, when you're trying to be removed from it but you're still obviously not. And... Uh, it was just I was after reading something Pat Spillane was going on. He was actually giving out about you and the hurling pundits and called you cheerleaders and you know as disturbing as the image was of you in a short skirt with pom poms. <laughs> like I, I I just thought about it last night. You should come to Clanmel sometime. <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't be an image; it'd be reality. A regular Saturday evening. But but even even Mike, I, I actually walked into a Dublin dressing room from the management dressing room in Crow Park. With a pair of swimming shorts, I mean the short shorts, speedos, uh, in 2011 for the National League final, goggles and a swimming hat on me and said, where's the pool? <laughs> Just to try and break the tension. Yeah, well, I'd say that's probably succeeded in it. Uh, even coming up though, in the car, listening to the radio, there was this thing, they were talking on the radio about um, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber put out some kind of a thing last night, challenging Tom Cruise to a fight. Uh, a UFC thing in an octagon he wanted to get into an octagon and have a fight with Tom Cruise and they're all talking about it apparently massive traction on, online and I was just thinking do you know what it'd be great to set something like this up later in the year between you and the hurling pundits on Sunday game against the football crowd and I was maybe you and Spillane would be a kind of a nice little matchup Tomas and Jackie Tyrrell uh, any other good ones there? Uh, yeah it's Cyril uh, um, Farrell and Colm O'Rourke <laughs> <laughs> Don Logue and Joe Brawley and I'd I say that'd be easy yeah, I'd yeah. say that'd be easy kick yeah. off that could kick off outside the octagon <laughs> I, I thought you know what I thought Joanne would be a better matchup for him actually you know, even though it might be more of a mismatch but... for, for which <laughs> <laughs> anyway go on get, get back to your, your crying about tomorrow or yesterday and, yeah you look no no we, we'll stick with that team for a minute now like you know like I, I would say you know Hurling enjoyed probably last year um Say we'd all agree that probably the best year we can remember nearly, and I suppose with a fairy tale ending with Limerick winning it. And uh, I don't think any of us mentioned football at all, certainly on TV. I might have had the odd bit of a crack in the articles, and really that would be only an old jibe. Like I'd only be having the crack of something that happened the night before in the Sunday game or whatever. Um, and slagging Tomas, maybe, and Kieran Whelan, who used to be obviously with us, and the, the banter that would be great. Like, um, and Joe Brawley has been noted when he's meant to be watching a football match to come out and watch the hurling <laughs> in the next in the next studio. <laughs> Is it good lads? <laughs> uh, you know, so like uh, we, but I don't think we mentioned football once. Like we didn't declare anything about it. We didn't say, "God, the football was shocking today, Des." But the hurling was brilliant. I, I don't remember saying that at all. And I think you've all got together and had a meeting, including yourself, <laughs> and said we're going to praise like Spillane, like the man that came out with it said. He kind of, in a funny way, I enjoyed Fermanagh and, and, and Donegal. It was fascinating to see him breaking it down. Now, go back six or seven years. If he saw that match, what would he have said? 
He would have been getting sick. But but like, I I think it is. Is there a fear factor there? It's an inferiority complex with football. Football when they when they're looking at this thing, Mm. when in reality the only two things. Uh, that are alike between football and hurling are, are the fact that we play it at club level and it's the same pitch. There's nothing... like It's like rugby and soccer. They're two completely different games that happen to share the same playing surface that are obviously intertwined since you know the association began. But... Uh, you know, I hate this. I hate the comparison between the two because there is no comparison. They're different games. They they both have their own, you know, brilliant strengths and stuff that you don't have in the other one. Um, but it's not. It shouldn't be a case of ours is better than yours. It's it's all. It's you know. It's all in. But I, I can't understand it. It's yeah, but it's the timing as well, Mike. At the moment, it's you know, it's the fact that the the two seasons are almost segmented at this stage. I mean, hurling is right out of the gate. Everyone wants to see Delo. Everyone wants to see a great start to the championship. We've been moaning for years about the fact that it's such a slow burner. Then all of a sudden, the new hurling format gave us like mega mega match after mega match. And of course, then you have the football folk on the sideline, kind of go like they're actually they they're literally feeling like, can I get a game? That's there because you know they're nothing. And so then you're turning to oh, that's a cracking game above an Ulster. Whereas the fact of the matter is, and myself and Delo were only talking earlier this morning. Like the hurling, once you get to the end of July, there's one game left in the hurling championship. It's gone. Yeah. I mean, and whereas traditionally August and September was when everything cranked up. Now, when you get to the end of J- July, you've two rounds of the Super 8s in football. You've the semi-finals done in the hurling. And then the football comes in off the yeah. sideline. But for the time being, like, I mean, hurling is where it's at. What do you think, Mike? Well, I think Mike is right. I mean, you're, it's apples and oranges, mm. basically, and that's not that's not being politic about it. But you know, anyone would think it was a kind of a, a deliberate ploy by the GA to kind of front load the season with hurling, and then back load it with football to try and kind of own the summer. But I mean, you mentioned dates. I, I I still think that's a big mistake to kind of concede all of September really, because mm. I think we're all still in that kind of mindset. As you say, where you're kind of augering in towards September and hurling and football, and your kind of natural body clock is. The semi-finals, yeah, no, no, we'll have a week or two, and we'll yeah. be in this camp, and we'll be in that camp. I just think it's too, it's too compressed, and the downside that then is, as you say, football people, quote unquote, are disaffected early on, and hurling people then are looking around July and August, and with all due respect, saying like, you know, where, where are our matches? Yeah. There is, but just, I mean, on that, and we won't bore people for too long with this, Dale, but. Um, it, yesterday afternoon, actually, it was a very strange time to put out a press release. The GA put out a press release about the composition of the fixtures committee uh, yesterday. In, like basically, in the middle, a release they put out in the middle of the matches yesterday. You know, the composition of who was actually going to be involved in this uh, fixtures review task force uh, in terms of the structure of the seas and all this kind of stuff. Mike, you were saying. You, the only surprise you had, surprisingly, well, yeah, I, was I, it's I, not a Kerryman on yeah, it. Yeah, but I, I mean, that's not... I mean, it's, well, it sounds like parochialism, but like, I, I think the secretary below, you know, Peter Twist is a guy... Um, you know, in Kerry, they have the club seasons are, are, are one of the most effectively ran, I suppose, throughout the country, in, in, in my opinion, that the, the club player knows exactly what's going on. He gets his fixtures in January or February and he knows exactly what's going on all the way up to September. Uh, and I was just surprised that somebody, obviously, who's in a county where, where your club fixtures are running really well in, you know, in tandem with a county a county schedule that's obviously running a long way, you know, into September, hopefully, with a, with a senior inter-county team. It's, it's nice to, you know, it'd be nice to, to bring in somebody with that kind of expertise that might give you a bit of a steer as well, obviously, you know. Um, I don't even have that. Is Kevin O'Donovan's on it? Kevin O'Donovan from Cork is on it. John Prenty is on it. John Costello from Dublin. It's under the chairmanship of Eddie Sullivan. Anyway, we'll park that one, Dale, for the time King, because that isn't going to save Claire Hurling. No, no, Tony, it's not. Um, we need a kind of a Michael Bond type figure, I think, to appear uh, Tuesday night. Ah, no, look, that was bandied around uh, last night. A, cu- a couple of people, actually prominent enough journalists in, in Clare, uh, threw it up there on Twitter last night. I think that should the lads pull the plug mm. last night, maybe, or this morning, and give someone a run at it for the weekend uh, on a kind of a, a rebound thing. Uh, to me, it makes it's nonsense because we're still in it. You know, mm. as bad and all as we've been in the last week, you know, we we had a lovely three weeks there after beating Waterford, watching everyone else going to battle and marvelling at how good Tip were, and still saying to ourselves, "Wait till they come to Ennis," yeah. and it's all unravelled in a week. And like I just made the point on Twitter this morning, someone, I just the article I suppose was put up, and uh, 
I said, you know, someone had a bit of a, a limerick I had said 100% right and honest, and then some clairflay said, you would say that, like, and I said, I thought I was being as fair as I could uh, to the guy, Derek Lynch, who's, who's a reporter for Clare Champion, a friend of mine, to be honest, and um, I, I said, this management have actually been the third most successful management in Clare's history behind Gerald Nan and David Fitzgerald. And like, and we're not going to give him another week, and we're still in the championship. Mm. It's bizarre to me, like. But uh, can I just ask one thing, which intrigues me all the time? And myself and Larry were chatting about this actually last week. The dual manager thing—you know—it's unusual in hurling, and certainly in my experience, and I know Mike has certainly managed. I would always feel that ultimately authority has to rest with one person. You can have your selectors. Selectors will offer advice. Whether you take the council is another thing. You can't have a situation on the sideline, and I'm not saying you do in Clare, where you actually have kind of decisions by committee. Otherwise, the game is half over. But I'm just wondering, Delo, about the dynamic of the two lads. Like, how does that work? Has it been a success, and has there been any commentary on it? Yeah, I, I don't honestly wouldn't be privy to any, you know, to the inside track. Like now, you know, in our time, there was no phones, and nearly more people knew what was going on. It's harder to get information now about stuff like because it's unbelievable. I believe Kerry football have opened the gates again. Have they to train and yeah. you know it's like uh, like you know. But um, look, where I would know of that is I fado fado now. This 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 has to be back in the mid two thousands, I'd say, um, or just after maybe I was manager of Clare Seniors. Um, out of the blue, Donald Maloney rang me and asked me would I meet him for a bit of lunch. Um, and Jerry O'Connor was going to be with him, and I knew they were mates, like they, they one from Scarif, one from Killinina, went to school together. Um, and I met him for a bit of lunch, and they said they were going to take and declare minors. And would I come in with him as coach or whatever? We'd, we'd go together, but the day were going together, and they worked together, and they were happy working together, and they'd worked in a couple of the earlier development squads were very much in their infancy. Mm. And I said, I, I, was, I just wasn't enthused by it, to be honest. I'd agreed to start with the Sunday game at that stage, and people hadn't known that. And I, I just felt I needed a bit of a get away from it for a while, so I hit for Narkery, which was great, <laughs> and Kim Wiley. But, uh, so they, uh, Brian Lohan actually joined them for that year, and uh, so they instantly worked together, and all of a sudden Brian pulled out after a year then wasn't happy with some of the, the treatment I think they were getting from the county board in terms of facilities and you know access to stuff and, and that kind of thing. And uh, this Paul Kinnert guy, who we'd never heard of, uh, come from nowhere, and next thing he was with them over the Clare Miners uh, the following year. And sure, the rest is history in terms of underage success. It just went, you know, yeah, it just went through the roof from, from what we were used to. So that dynamic was there, I'd say, since... Those guys, we say the Tony Kellys, were 16, 17. So it sort of evolved. It was winning. If it's winning, you don't change it. And uh, no, I wouldn't be a fan of it myself if I had to be coldly looking at it. But it was one of those things that just evolved. And then when it came to senior, obviously I was being touted as maybe a possibility when Davy was going. And I honestly did feel as well that they were entitled with what they delivered for Clare, 321 alarms in a row, like... We'd never seen the likes of it. And, you know, that they were entitled to their shot. How it works, I'm not sure, you know. It seems to be very much sharing interviews and, and then down the sideline, how it works, I don't know. Is there any other... I know they official selectors. But, you know, from being a manager, i just finish on this. Like, from being a manager and having selectors, honest to God, like, I'd take their view on board and if something clicked with me, I'd make that call, yeah. but if it didn't click up me and I was strong on my own opinion, I'd go up my own opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm actually surprised it doesn't happen more at inter-county level, to be honest, this, this idea of, of having a joint manager. Like, I think the, the workload now for one figurehead guy who's trying to deal with the media and trying to deal with medical and deal with 36 players and clubs and county boards and... There's so much involved now in managing a, a, a club side, never mind a, a, an inter-county side, especially an inter-county elite team that have prospects of going winning in All-Ireland. I, I, I don't understand how, how there isn't more kind of sharing of that workload with somebody and say, OK, you, we're, we're joint managers, but your gig, you're going to handle all, you know, the media and, and the medical stuff and I'll take the, the coaching or, the, or the, you know, the personal stuff, whatever, the phone calls and all that. Like, it, it's just a massive gig. Now, obviously, mm. the dynamic on the sideline, the decision-making part of it is the crucial That's part. That's the key. And, yeah. the, and the dressing room, Mike. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, who who's the last word? Who should have the last word? What, yeah. who's, who's the definitive 
this is the, this is our cause. This is our our mantra. Is it is it is it, is it Tony saying it? And then I'm saying it. Are we giving off the same? I, that bit I don't know. And if you go back to the soccer management, then like you know where you're looking at Klopp and Pochettino coming up to the Champions League, and they had to do their press conferences. That was it. It's yeah. it's you know maybe two players did an earlier one yeah. and then they did it. But like one thing with the manager, like when they beat Waterford, down in Waterford. That was a perfect system when they were in the three all Ireland. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. Everything gets retrofitted. If you win, back back from back from back from the result. It looks to me like Don Roy does a lot of the up and down and kind of Gene fellas up and Jerry O'Connor seems to step back and kind of maybe does more of the tactical stuff. But look, it obviously works for them. But I, I would see the big issue is the ego thing because only one fella gets the t-shirt with banished door across the back, and if a fella's willing to. Submit his ego to that and say, look, I don't mind sitting up here. I remember Don O'Grady saying that to me. He said, the most valuable fellow you could get is not some tactical genius or a coaching guy. He's just a fellow who's willing to do the, the terrible, shitty jobs that nobody else yeah. wants to do because you'll always have him as a selector. But he said, no, nobody wants to submit their ego to that. Everyone wants to be on the sideline saying, move him here and move him there and then say, look, I made a switch that, that but won the but game. But even at that, they, they actually share that. Like, if one wears the Bonish Doors bib for the drawing game one where's it for the replay and then the next you know so mm. I, I, I'm not a fan I have to say I'm not a fan but it, it evolved and it was very good and nobody I think you know nobody came up with the idea it mm. just happened and it was successful um, would I like it going forward I don't think I would I think ultimately there has to be um, a numero uno yeah and I, 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 and I think look you can handle the press and stuff like that you can delegate and you can say, and you can pick it. I would have been, a, you know, in Dublin, like, there'd be certain lads I wouldn't let near the press. Yeah. <laughs> but there'd be certain lads you could always let out. Like, you, could let, you could let Stephen Heine out seven days a week mm. and it wouldn't affect him on Sunday. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm, Pat O'Shea, when he was in charge of Croaks, Pat O'Shea never, ever, ever did media. But Pat O'Shea controlled every moving part, not just of the Dr. Croaks team, but of the Dr. Croaks club. But with that, he was more than happy to delegate it to, to Botty or to one of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're but Tony, uh, look, look, outside of that, right, I just, I, I struggling to, cor- you know, we're trying to write articles here and we're trying to, you know, we're here chatting about it, which is better probably. Like, and I, I, I probably, I probably, if I do go off for a pint going home this evening, I probably even get more out of it sitting down with somebody maybe like a Johnny Cannon who you could meet on an evening like this now and you could like how could we almost beat Galway last year twice after being nine points down to being beaten 13 and 18 points in seven days by two of our two arch rivals let's face it Limerick being our arch Tip being archish <laughs> You know, a, a modern phenomenon, as Johnny Callan described it, Mike. You know, that's something that the mad lad from Fiki came up with because the borders of the Gardens. <laughs> it flannels. But, like, I, that's the bit that's kind of, I'm figuring, like, I, I, how, can I, how can I put blame on, on Jerry and Donald? Surely they're not doing things too much different. Probably knowing the two of them, intelligent guys trying to evolve and do things a bit better. Well, it's a, it's a good question. I love the way I'm the one who has to. And so for all the Clare's faults and, faults and issues, like, I suppose the one thing, and again, this isn't a hurling football thing, but you know well, you know, a hurling game can get away from you fairly rapidly. Like, I suppose what's disappointing for Clare is that it wasn't as if Limerick got three or four goals. They just kept hitting points and points and points. And you'd have to wonder, I know Brendan Cummins said a lot about that last night, the kind of structure and how they, how they were trying to get the ball down the field and passive midfielders and stuff like that. And look, I wouldn't like to pick out players either, but, I mean, to me... When I see Tony Kelly behind his own 45, which is not where he's going to affect the game or have an impact, to me that's always a bad sign with Clare. Do you know what I mean? I like do. here's a fellow now that you should have inside the other 45 worrying the other defence. And to me, if I would blame, quote-unquote, Don Maloney and Jerry, I'd be saying to them, lads, why don't you have him in the last third, if you like, of the opposition half, rather than down there? Let me ask you, Dalo, is it retrievable? I mean, genuinely. I mean, as Michael is saying... You know, things look to be doom and gloom. Suddenly next Sunday, you know, you produce something magic in Cusick Park against Cork. Suddenly then the fire is lit again. It, like, I'm saying, is that a possibility realistically in your head? Or are Cork going to go there and they're going to do a number on them? Yeah, well, for one, that'll be in Salt Hill. Uh, well, watching be, it yeah. before the Connacht football final. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will really enjoy the Connacht football final, obviously. <laughs> Big Rossi fan myself. Um, no, uh 
I'll be fairly removed from it this time as opposed to yesterday, but we'll be watching, obviously, and, and giving our analysis and that. Is it retrievable? It's very hard this morning to wake up, Tony. And I, but I was a bit the same last weekend, mm. if you know what I mean. And by the end of the week, then I was... By the time I submitted the article, I was nearly going, will I go off for clear? Like, gee, if there's anything in us at all. And I, you know, I, I, I have so much time for the John Conlins, the Tony Kellys, the David McInerney's, but it's just not happening. And I just think, you know... Don Logue, I suppose, brought it up yesterday in the studio, like, that our, our key inside men are Conlon and O'Donnell, right? And O'Donnell, we, we kind of smiled about it here, I'd say, the 13th of May when we were here and laughed about it. Maybe the, the thing to do was spend your winter in Harvard and come back. And, like, but, like, he had two plays in the whole game yesterday until he was taken off. Two plays. Like, so he's completely obliterated in the play. Like, no, I'm not saying... That's all down to missing the winter, but you have to correlate. And John Conlon then missed nine weeks solid with an ankle injury. And he just doesn't look like Sean Finn had his number yesterday. Like, So I'm wondering, have we, you know, we didn't seem to... Have, like, look at the five subs Limerick could bring on. Like, Tip can't bring those five on. That's the thing with Limerick. Like, Limer- the longer Limerick stay in this, I think, the better chance they have. Because you can bring Dowling, Pat Ryan, Dan Morrissey, Darrow Donovan... Uh, who's the, the Shamey Flanagan off the bench yesterday who has those five in hurling in Ireland nobody has you're looking at Kilkenny like without Walter yesterday and you're saying God like like look at Limerick like it's just when they were coming off the bench I was sitting there going oh my God and we were bringing on young Aidan McCarthy who's a great lad mm-hmm. and bringing on his brother Jason like but Aidan Aidan will go on to be a great player Jim Ryan we, like that's where I'm saying Cork at the moment look to have the swagger back in kind of third gear They've done the handicap against Waterford. There's a few lads I know who are on it. And they're saying, God, like, what's going on here? Get out of third gear, will you? But then they just clicked it up a gear and what, they win by 11. You know, so, uh, you know, it's, it is, it is. And, and and the other thing as well on that, Tony, is Cork have had their numbers since 13. Mm. In every game, bar, bar one league game. So you're saying, how is it retrievable? But it's Cusick Park. The boys are obviously finishing after this game, if it goes wrong. I'm presuming that that has always been the vibe all year, that this was last year, even if they won the All-Ireland. Mm. Um, and then, like, these boys have been through these, the, the, the mill with these guys since they were 16, 17 years of age. Do they not owe them a massive mess in front of their own people? And they will turn out for it, because Cork will turn out as well. Like, yeah. like the Mount in the hotel to be gotten in us for months, like, with this game. I, I have loads of mates coming up from North Cork City, I hope they leave the place in one piece after it. <laughs> uh, excuse me, how <laughs> Club mates of yours, some of them. We're, we're speaking here now, not far from Spring Lane, where Anthony disgraced himself once upon a time. I did not. Uh, on, on the field. Of, um, like, Spring Lane. I, I'd go along with Anthony. It's hard to see Cork lose at the moment, but I mean, there's a long week. And Cork are not, are not the finished start. No. The funny thing about, about Clare, you mentioned David McInerney, who's game, but there's a touch of the Damien Cahillans there. They're putting him in to fill a gap. And he's not comfortable there. Like Galan's goal yesterday was the kind of goal you wouldn't see Sean Finn because he would just keep him outside him at all at all levels if he could. And he pleading with the ref afterwards that he held his hurley. I mean The referee said, if he wasn't holding your hurley, I'd be like <laughs> Galan is an expert at holding hurleys. Yeah. And like you know, how many times has he caught the ball and landed down with both hurleys in his hand nearly? <laughs> oh, yeah, as as you'd have to fancy Cork. No, but it's it's not it's not a place. I mean, Moiler was very strong that like you know we have to try and go and win in Cusick Park. This isn't a place where we have a string of victories. Yeah. To our name. But the, the way the only thing from last week is the fortress has been kind of yeah the way Horgan is playing the way like Cadigan is solid solid fight things at the back for Cork. They are Cork are looking better. But the funny thing about Limerick, Limerick are playing Tip on Sunday. They can end up playing the Munster final, and then maybe the All Ireland final. Mm. And like you, like to me, you know, that That's was interesting. I didn't ask Kylie about that yesterday because I knew he wouldn't, he wouldn't yeah. get into it. But you'd have to say, like, you know, how does that affect how you prepare a team? You you could be playing them three times quite conceivably, and you will be That's playing them twice. exactly like I was. You you took the words and the thought out of me. Even when you were talking there, I was thinking like of the kind of the politics and the permutations. How important is a Munster final to Cork? How important is the three in a row as Dalo was saying this morning to Cork? In terms of Limerick and Tip next weekend, 
like they could actually be playing each other again and again. So does that? I mean, is, do I, I, all those factors come into play? I would now? say it's a slow bicycle race. Cork don't need a monster final. Tip of an old team. They don't. They actually don't need another match. Another going to have to play another match. Yeah. Like Limerick are probably the only team I'd say would like a monster final, a big crowd, win the medal, and just drive it on. And they'd hold up. They'd hold all three at the one time. Yeah, like. and that, that would mean, that would mean that would mean a lot more than it would for them. to Kilkenny, say, or Tip or whatever. Like it would be a big deal for them, but. Like I, I could see a touch of Cork and Tips in kind of after you for the Munster final and Clare, um, as well if they get into it, like they wouldn't be, like it would be a big, it would be a huge turnaround for Clare and it would, it would suit them if they could beat Cork and get to a Munster final, then it would kickstart the whole thing. Yeah, and like you know, yeah, it's a funny one I think more for Liam Sheedy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's probably in the Munster final, you know, and I think it's a funnier one for him. Because while they'll say Limerick are in now, if there was a chance to put Limerick out, yeah, and you don't want Limerick in there yeah. later on because better they're going to get. Limerick know. can't be dislodged now, unless not a, a bizarre a, sequence. And it's not, it's not, it's not possible. It's not, it's not possible. Yeah, it's yeah. not possible. Clear, going to be a cork thirty points or something. You know, that's not possible. So yeah, Limerick are there and they're in the tree whether they're in the final or not. It's another day's work. But as Kylie said yesterday, I don't care whether it's a side door, back door. I'm out. And last, it suited him last year, mm. you know. So I, I, it's a funny one for Liam Sheedy, I think, because if if twas a thing, would say that fixtures had worked differently, and twas to put Limerick out, I would see Tip going absolutely bald headed for it because I think the longer Limerick are in this and get to Crow Park and get like they'll smell what happened to him last year and will have loved that, and I think Tip, you know, will see that Liam and his lads with him super intelligent guys and, and like they'll know that mm. if they get there this is going to be a way different nut to crack like than, than what could be on Sunday you Thursday. don't want to be I know you've you've made it very clear to us all here you don't want to be in Pier Stadium next Sunday but if by the magic of whatever we were able to move you where would you actually like would you want to be in Cusick Park Wexford Park or Parnell Park next weekend well, I, I I probably will be in one of those two places, and Tony, Saturday, because that's Saturday night. So obviously, yeah. I, I'd say Parnell. I, <laughs> my old graph for the old dubs, I think, uh, would, would would have me in Parnell, and uh, would be loving to see like uh, Vald, obviously with Croaks up there. So there's five boys on the panel as well, you know, and yeah. I'd, I'd be loving to see them coming out. You know, they've they've worked very hard, and uh, what an opportunity like for 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 Dublin now, because Galway kind of are virtually not quite safe now because. If everyone wind, if it was a draw and the other one, everyone wind up on five points as a count back then, like, and uh, they are not great because they didn't wall up Carlo like the rest of the teams. So, um, well, but Kenny could be on the brink. Don't oh, know oh, I mean, like, look, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I said it to you earlier, and I mean, a lot of people, if you just throw that out to them, they kind of go, Ash, can you beat Wexford? God, that dynamic has fairly gone out the window in the last two or three years, like, and it's Wexford Park. Like, is Walter Walsh any chance of playing in that? I don't know, to be honest, Mike. You know, the way, again, like this yeah. kick any injury thing, you don't know. But I'd yeah, say certainly yeah. Richie Hogan, after yesterday, while the hurling was a bit rusty, he was seriously involved when he came oh, on yeah, yeah. and like, had a big part in the fight back. Like uh, Walter Walsh is a bit of a Billy Cooper there. You only appreciate him yeah, when, when he's, he's not, not there. there. Huge, huge he, point. He's, isn't it? he's huge, he's strong, he's brave, he's direct. And like a lot of them are like 19, 20, 21. He's obviously a leader. But like, if you have TJ Reeve in the form yeah. he's in, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like, it's I mean, ridiculous. we were talking earlier saying, like, you know, it's not, it's not like Galway don't know the fellow with the blue and white helmet is Andy. You know, if he gets the ball, he might do something there, lads. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just humiliating fellas. Like, oh. McInerney is six foot three, fifteen stone. He just throws him out of the way and just, you know, yeah, like, and goes for it. It's a Kilkenny mate of mine. Like, he's actually kind of half clear, half Kilkenny, and I knew he was at the match. Like, you know, and obviously we were doing it from Limerick. And you you you're watching a screen, which isn't the greatest way of analysing, and you're reliant on on Donald is obviously great as co-commentator because he will say this fella's gone on this fella, and yeah. where you, what you need to be seen. But uh, you mentioned to me, Gerard McInerney's gone straight on TJ, and I says, yeah, might work, yeah, in a different size, and yeah, the first three puck outs really go sky high, like comes down with it, like Mike, you'd you'd have been proud of it as a basketball player, like you know, it's just like. The leap and the catch and the He's, bravery and, and he, 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 he really he really strips uh, like smaller than he is like when you're next to him he's about six foot two but like he's a big huge backside he's left handed mm. which makes it awkward then for like some McInerney needs for us to get at him but like he's was it two ten yesterday two ten yeah two five from play 
yeah, he, he's getting to Shefflin-esque, oh, yeah. DJ-esque, I would say, you know, you have to, and like, unfortunately for him, they're not rolling off the All-Irelands, like when the boys were, you know, because you'd be showing it he, off in September. He, he, he's a fella, know, that you'd say, we'll put McInerney on him, and we'll drop Mannion just behind him, or someone, just to bar the way, yeah. because he'll always break the first tackle, he'll always get past the first fella anyway, yeah. and after that then, he always does the right thing, like always the right clever hand pass, or he'll go... Go right through. Was he, Mike, I mean, Dale, I know you were watching on the TV and we were the same here in the newsroom yesterday. We were obviously, you know, watching and it got to that stage where Kilkenny got that late free and it seemed to take about, like, I know now it was alluded to last night, but I think with some justification, it seemed to take two or three minutes. The, see, the free actually seemed to end up further out. It actually almost took it out of a goal-scoring range. Yeah. Like, was that, but, was that the moment? Again, now, the, the Twitter Bible isn't always accurate, as you know, no, but... Two, two minutes, ten seconds, one guy said, that took between the consultation, uh, the moving back to free, uh, all that, mm-hmm. and the stoppage. And it was in injury time, and yet he blew it off, I think, four minutes, 20-something seconds, was it? Yeah, we didn't hit, put, put the ball wide. And I actually saw you, man, the Kilkenny keeper, rushing with the puck out. And I was thinking, what's he rushing for? They've another two minutes yeah, because yeah. because of the Fooster run. I couldn't believe he blew it up now because I thought there'd definitely be a run of play, you know, once he landed down, at the very least. Like. Yeah, just to touch on that, like, just a uh, bit of debate, I suppose, last night about refereeing. And, you know, uh, I suppose you don't you don't talk really about James Owens when you matches 18 points. You know, a ref gets a freebie, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think he gets a freebie on a draw sometimes, and he gets a freebie on a hammering. Mm. Do you know? Doesn't he? That's fair. But like, point, yeah. it, it's when you, when you lose by a point or win by a point, he gets scrutinised. Like, and can he wind up with thirteen? Mm. Like, what, like Cullum. I like Cullum as a ref. I actually always thought, do you know, lines. yeah, it's fair. And yeah, like, I don't think Paul Murphy could have too many. No, no, no. Sure, he. He had four fouls. Yeah. And actually, your man was holding up his hand afterwards, lying, saying he's, fo- he's, he's, yeah, he's done five one. fouls, like, yeah. Yeah, in fairness. And this guest, like, and made the you point. Are the you're, you have a problem with the Aylward one, have you? I have a bit of a problem with the Aylward one. I, I, I don't think you have a problem with the Henbury one, I don't know. No. Just touching that, what I thought it was a close line. Well, it was, well, it was dangerous. Twice. He your man. I, I know they were saying, well, he was true for a goal, but I mean, it was dangerous. He swung his hurley around your man. I actually thought Aylward put his hand on your man's helmet. I know he didn't pull the mask. I but that, I thought that was the out then for the, for the linesman or whoever. Whoever yeah. fingered him said, you know, he put his hand on your man's. Well, was, it, was it in Hart, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Who, tri- who it, tripped it, him? Who kind of nearly, nearly, nearly kick-tripped him, oh, like, because yeah, he yeah, was yeah. gone away in yeah. and he had him was on the ground and, and was on his backside and kind of left fly with a kind of... Like, as you say, yeah, I mean, could you have argued if he, if he gave Hart a straight head for kicking a fella and gave your man a second yellow? Well, I, yeah, I, I'd, nearly, I'd nearly been leaning that way. There wasn't no, anyone seen getting straight reds, like, yeah. but I thought Elwood just reacted to the... The whole negativity of what Hart did, and like we know, certain players are susceptible to reacting like that. I'm not saying Ger, Ger is, but I'd say Hart knew what what he was doing. Maybe, but I don't think he did a whole pile. He did, he did make contact with the helmet, but it was more of a, a he caught the side of it oh, rather than. Oh, absolutely! He did. He didn't. He didn't rip the mask off. Him. He didn't do a was a Stephen Bandville pulling the mask. No, off he didn't go near the face guard. But or, or his hand, his hand scrape. But you know the way they'd say, like in rugby, if his hand kind of comes across a fella's face. Yeah, well, we saw it in the football over the weekend, Mike, as well. Like we saw no. hands on faces and nice, and nice, nice segue, nice segue. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> just, just, just on that, Mike. Just, on, just, just, just before we leave, though, what I don't understand. And I know, no unfairness, the Lions, he consulted a lot yesterday, but why, in hurling, especially when, you know, through no fault of his own, the referee could be 80 yards from the ball, why they don't involve the linesman more and yeah. just come over, Maria, I'll tell you how much time is it, but actually tell me what's going on there, just on the QT. Like last year, Waterford and Tip, when the goal, like the whole stadium knew it wasn't the goal, why the linesman didn't stick his hand up or his flag up and say, Maria, the two boys are having it out there and tell you man you're going to make a goal yourself here now Jesus, you know? like, that's, I, that's actually a free I, don't be a fool I, you know? I, whatever dream up a square ball yeah. or something but just give a free out will yeah. you yeah the wife's after texting me there <laughs> said me coming straight home after <laughs> but like I mean they wouldn't even have to make something up I mean there, there should be those lines yeah, of communication between yeah. linesmen umpires everybody but you know like you, you mentioned hands in the face yesterday like in, like that Tierney McCann incident I mean, I, I just, I can't, I was saying it earlier to you, Tony, I, I can't understand the logic of guys um, who, were, who were, like, knowingly doing what he was doing. Like, that, that was intentional, it was prolonged. He knew exactly where he was putting his hand on Steve McMenamin, the, the, the Donegal player on the floor. Obviously, he was frustrated. 
But like, what are you, what are you thinking in that moment? Like, where he's trying to grab somebody's gum shield out of their mouth? But, that's but the does word. does this lad think in the moment? Like, this that's the same fella that got say, his yeah. hair rubbed and uh, went down like he nineteen stitches got up in uh, Causeway in an Arkerry League game. That would be twenty five stitches. That would be But like, I, I, yeah, I mean, and look, there, there's an issue. You can go back there to. You know, like I mentioned, Galvin Galvin put his fingers in the mouth of Owen Cadigan a couple of years ago. He got a two-month suspension mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a Munster final. I think it was 2010. Philly, Philly McMahon, you know, allegedly uh, did something similar to Danny, Danny's eye in the final of 2015. Was it 15 or 15? 15 is yeah, right. 15, uh, yeah. And Danny actually, there was a documentary came out that December. Uh, and it had, the referee had a live mic on. And I picked up Danny getting up off the ground, going straight to the referee, yeah. saying he's after gouging my eye on the David ground, David. Coldrick, David yeah. Coldrick. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing done about it. He, he actually got a one-game suspension, and, and Dublin actually they actually appealed the one-game suspension. Mm. Like, where did, are you going? Did John, here, like? did John not get him off, John Costello? No, he didn't. No? He, actually, he actually had to miss one game, what? the first game, and John didn't get him off. And there was Would another you, one. Who just was the just other on one? that, that's, one a, that's an interesting one, Mike. For both quads. The boys seemingly didn't know that day that the ref was, that David yeah. Goff was mic'd up. Yeah. Would you agree that the ref Full should be mic'd yeah. up? Well, well, they knew he was mic'd up because they're always mic'd up, but they didn't know that, that what they were saying to him was going to appear. A documentary. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and it was totally wrong. And I, I made a point, I, I remember asking him after, or during that time, Danny and a couple of guys, were they ever told that this was going to appear in a documentary yeah. and, they, and they were not? Nobody was ever made no. aware of that. And which, they were sour about it. Which was very, and they, they were. I, so. I, I remember talking yeah. to Gooch couple of months afterwards and he was in David Goldrick's ear a lot at the time do you remember like in the last couple of minutes and he was very sour about it like because the first he knew was like a week beforehand that with, before the programme came out just on the sweet sanctifying Jesus if if refs were mic'd up for a documentary in the late 90s with ourselves <laughs> and Tip below and cock <laughs> still be I leave it at that yeah, yeah. Even even didn't Donny Smith do something similar uh, to the Tierney McCann thing uh, this year uh, the first National League game against uh, Roscommon played um, played Mayo. He did the same to Keith Higgins. Mm. Donny Smith again allegedly put his fingers in 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 Higgins's eye, and Higgins actually threw him off him. And oh, Donny yeah. Smith got a one game suspension. Yeah. And you see. I think this is the problem with your Tierney McCanns, and you're saying, why aren't these fellas? Are these fellas actually thinking in the moment? If 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 somebody comes out and gives Tiernan McCann, which won't happen now, but it should do from the start of next season, you put your fingers, your hands in somebody's eyes or mouth or face in that kind of a way, and you get a 10-game ban, they'll start thinking about what they're doing then pretty quickly, won't they? That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, this is a perfectly, perfectly clear example to make an example of somebody who has done something really disgusting. I mean, you know, if, if, you, were, if you were actually standing up in court and you were the defence attorney for Tiernan McCann, What's the only thing you could say in his favour or his defence is like, well, Your Honour, it wasn't premeditated. Obviously, you could see that. It just happened. But the fact that actually somebody, you know, would actually go and do that and leave a bit of afters on him, by the way, in the moment afterwards, there's an opportunity there. The video evidence is there. You're looking at somebody and you're going to say, six game ban, and you're going to send out a message. That's the end of your football, lad, for 2019 and maybe for the spring of 2020. And you know what? Anything like that before in, in the future, you are going to think before you actually put your hands near somebody's eyes, nose, or mouth. Jesus, I tell you, uh, whatever about the eyes, some flesh stuck his fingers into my mouth. <laughs> I'll take it from the little knuckle down, I think. <laughs> come shield or no, come Spit shield. I'll tell you, he'd, yeah. he'd be going around following my, my face around the field. <laughs> but, but it, like, oh, yeah, I mean, see, I don't think you can do that now, Tony. I don't think you can hit him with a big ban right now because you're already, there's a precedent there already, even this season with, with Donny Smith and going back further with Philly McMahon. I think you've got you to gotta write this into rule from the start of next season that any of these kind of incidents where... Where, where somebody is is deliberately trying to gouge, mm-hmm. going near somebody's face or their eye, it has to come with a with a seriously severe penalty that 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 makes these guys say it's not worth it. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I might lose my 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 car, my little my deal with somebody else here if I go and do this stuff. And 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 with that, then the penalty will actually make people say I I ain't gonna jeopardize somebody else's sight because I'm gonna lose my my discipline for five minutes. You know, mm. uh, and and this is the thing. This is the other thing. Like these fellas at inter-county level, their lives are so disciplined and, and so restrained in terms of their diet and their training and their conditioning and they don't go to weddings, they don't drink, they don't, you know, 
to, to, to mind themselves, they mind every aspect of their body to get themselves as right as they can in the day game. They're so disciplined. And then they go to the field and they play the game. And it's actually the area where they're least disciplined. Well, we, you know? we spoke about it just off air completely. It was myself and, and Don Log just chit-chatting with Neil McManus, who was a breath of fresh air, I thought, on the Sunday good, yeah. It was great like, to see a fellow from Antrim there and he talk about Will Abel as well. Like, you know, um, we were talking about that, like, lads that are, you know, we, we've daughters in the middle of the leaving Sertoni and we know the, the rat race that's going on for points and all that. Like, I mean, I know, like, massive high achievers put a bloody jersey on them they become fruit cakes, like, yeah. don't they? It's like as if... White line fever, I think like, they call it. Well, white line, is it? I don't know. It's, it's, this is my licence to cut loose. Uh, yeah. I was, I, I'm worried about getting my PhD sorted and, and, and my master's, and, uh, but uh, I have a jersey on me now, so I just see the club level more than county now, I have yeah. to say. Like, yeah. but, why are you doing this to us? Like, you have to give away a seven, freeze. And your men is after scoring seven points. Why are you doing this to us? What did I do, Cha? Why only pass my leaving? Like, why, 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 like, why are you the most intelligent man in the field doing this to me? I want to get promoted here with the club. Yeah, but like, isn't that isn't that always the balancing act? Like as Johnny Clifford used to say, if he doesn't have it off the field, how do you expect him to have it on the field? But like, don't you always need a couple of ignoramuses on the team as well? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's always balancing the bright fella who think his way through a match to the fella. It all comes completely natural to him. He doesn't even know what he's doing, mm. but it just comes to him. And then you have, like, unfortunately, because it's a physical game, and I'm not condoning, certainly not go Jaina, but you always have to have a few fellas floating around with the law of law, either. Like, even, yeah. if, even if it's just a nuclear deterrent, well, we can't do it now because this fellow will decapitate us in five minutes' time. But, you know, most of the time, 90% of the like, time, isn't it, isn't it just pro forma? Yeah. We know we can't start it because they'll finish. And, and in fairness, and I... I throw this and you're spot on Mike I throw this to Dalo and Quirk and you know it and you all know it. you need a couple of grapefruits in the dressing room you do like you know to get the chemistry for a winning team right you just can't have you know beautiful footballers beautiful or you know work you need somebody who's a little bit of a, a nut job a little bit of a kicker a little bit of a fellow who's going to upset the apple you saw it yourself you walked into a dressing room there with a pair of swimming shorts on you to try to break you need somebody who's going to do that that was some sight I tell you like as as the bull McCabe said to the priest there's another law father <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know there, there is there has to be another law that's the law of the jungle in there and like your PhD goes out the fucking window in there like you know I, 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 like, I just think but I, I still can't get over that uh, the school teacher is giving away a seven freeze in me and I'm the other wing back and I'm giving away no free <laughs> just, why are you giving away a freeze the free taker is lethal yeah. see like and there's no there's you need your as you call them a, a, what did you say a grapefruit yeah. I've never heard I've never heard somebody described as a grapefruit but there's a big difference between your grapefruits and your 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 wild spirits and your your mavericks to your I'm going to stick my fingers in this guy's eye when he's on the ground yeah. like I like there's a huge distinction between between an act of absolute stupidity uh, but in fairness Mike if you have your so-called grapefruit in the dressing room. The capacity to do that is always there. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Yeah, but there's yeah. varying levels. I think yeah, that's what makes it. You know, hit a slap in the mouth and someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. You punch a guy down the back of the head, or, or you, yeah. look at like look standing. At, that, that's all different. Go stuff. back for door for door. The late great party and Denny Allen, like that yeah. slap of a fist. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that's yeah, fine. That's a completely fine. different that's, act. Yeah, yeah, that's you can't it. do it now. And and yes. but 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 Jesus, you didn't see party or any of these fellas. No. Going, you know, at fellas' eyes and stuff, and and it's just something I think that that we need to probably legislate for to make sure that fellas know this is out of bounds and it's and it's nowhere acceptable. In in no, you don't see it in Harlan because you're so brave. You wear the the, the helmets, but it's 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 something that <laughs> check you need out to the just back of my head. Sure it never happens anymore. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and you know, look, going from uh, I suppose something a little bit more positive than. Then, then that you look at look at Dublin. I suppose obviously a cakewalk again. But I suppose the big talking point there was was Cluxton again, lads. You know, mm. like one hundred caps. I nearly said hundred caps. Hundred appearances, championship appearances for Dublin. Obviously started in in two thousand and one, uh, and I and I think and I've I've long held the view that the guy has just he's changed the, the way the game is played in Gaelic football, and certainly the way the goalkeeper position has has just. 
you know, completely turned on its head in the last in the last ten years or, or nineteen years, whatever whatever long he's playing. But uh, it's some achievement, isn't it, for for him yeah. in this kind of an era? And and again, he was there now long before Dublin had all this financial doping or, or, or the huge crowds of people that are now living in the place. He was there long before any of that stuff came, before mm. they had their advantages. So, I mean, he's a guy that that's that's been through the lean times and is obviously now enjoying and leading their their. Do you know him? Times. Do you know him? Like? I've met him, but not, I don't know him. No. Yeah. I have to tell my Stephen Cluxon story. A few a few years ago, Cork were playing in a league semi final or something. Conor Coonan was still there. Maybe it was not only a quarter point. Stayed in the Gibson, so I parked in the Gibson. I got into the lift, and there was a couple elderly couple from Cork came in. How are you? Not too bad. Lift is just held. Fella comes in the Dublin tracks nowhere and clucks. And Cluxon just stands looking out, out at the lift. And fair play to the woman said, we'll give you enough of it tonight. <laughs> I, I said to her, you're, you're, wa- you're wasting your breath. <laughs> Mrs. He did, didn't bat an eyelid, he just stared straight ahead and mm. got out of the lift. And the other fellow, fairness, said, good luck now to see him the other side. <laughs> and like, the, the, the couple were obviously like, where's the banter? Like, if this was down yeah. in Kerry, you know, if this was, yeah. you know, Gucci, it says, or whatever. I said, no, you're, you're wasting your time. It just, just doesn't matter. But actually, funny, I think there was that here that played Mayo and for some reason, the lads didn't get me a ticket for the match. I did kind of make my own way. <laughs> so I, I ended up in a box behind the Canal End goal. And it's just such a totally different way to see the game. And mm. especially Cluxton's research. That was obviously not all him. But you just see the whole alignment so differently, the movement. Yeah, I love it. I love watching the game. Oh, like it was literally, what I should have done, I think it was just before smartphones were really up to filming. But I should have filmed it because... It explained everything because you know yourself side on. You just you can't really see that, but just their movement, the way they created space, and just how quick he started. Then when he saw something and just pinged it. Obviously, a lot of time not even aiming at someone, just put it into a pocket. Mm. That's obviously pre-arranged and bang, they're on. Like Flynn was playing out Connolly, and like they were they were doing unbelievable work. Like you, funny, I actually was thinking of. Cluxton again on Saturday before Dublin even played like Sean Patton was in goals for, for Donegal against Tyrone um, former as you know soccer keeper and I'm sure he's a really good shot stopper and I mean he is a good shot stopper I've seen him but in fairness to his ability again to hit those little punch seven irons bang 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 that's all that's all trademark Cluxton stuff and so when Mike talks about him changing the game that is literally what he's doing. He's changing the way managements are thinking about the type of player, not just the goalkeeper. Like, is this a guy who's actually going to have the facility to actually move and bat something down off him? Like, he's, he's not just changed the number one position, Mike. I think he's actually changed several lines of football. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, he's, he's, like look, at, look at your midfielders now and your top teams. Like, they're all now these, these mobile guys yeah. who are... Who are, it's no longer I'm kick it out here, lads, and I'll, I'll go and fight for a ball. Now I'm running into space. They're creating pockets of space. So all these guys know it's it's about. He has made the game more about mobility at the very very top level than than ball winning. Which which if you go back 15, you know, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, it was the opposite. You had you had guys that were all six foot five in the middle of the field. We'll bang the ball out the middle, win for our, our breaks, and and we'll go from there. Whereas like Donegal had something like 96 percent ball retention from their own kickouts. Like that's that's obscene. That mm. there's no 50-50 ball in that game. And and that stuff has started because of the way Cluxton has affected the game and, and with the importance that they have put on actually retaining your own kick out and going from there. And I just think a hundred championship appearances, you know, playing at the 50 level that clean sheets apparently. Fifty or, clean yeah, sheets. Really, yeah. 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 And I mean obviously he turned into a free taker and and, and like for, for a couple of years and obviously Hurt Kerry but he's he's just you know I I think he's been one of the most iconic Gaelic football players we've seen over the last twenty years without question. And the funny thing is too, if you remember when he started off, didn't he give a guy a kick and he was sent off, and Tommy Lyons kind of sure. hung him out to dry for losing the match. So here's a fellow who had to yeah. adapt. No, I'm sure his physical preparation is kind of second to none. But like just he obviously had to adapt as well, and he's obviously not a very communicative guy. I suppose the elephant in the room really. I had a, I had a great chat with him one night actually. Just uh, met him after a Dublin. I I think I I was. Um, doing media stuff and uh, staying up Sunday night and they were after winning a semi-final and wound up in some den of iniquity somewhere like a pub no, or a club or Jesus. somewhere like that and, yeah he was, but he was there and uh, we just happened to be near each other and I said how are you Stephen and, and we struck up this 
half an hour conversation. Like, no, probably he's loosened up with a few jars. Like, Jim Gavin would be unreal that way with them. They get a bit of a license to have a life, you know, and like some of the hurling teams I know, no life, you know. Um, you know, if you overdo it, obviously, you're, you're, you know, but uh, I found him fascinating. Like, and, and he, 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 I wanted to quiz him because of the, of the, mm. the genius I think he is. Yeah. Uh, and I found him quizzing me more than, and maybe that makes him more of it. He was milking me nearly yeah, for yeah. what we were doing and what well, you know what we did. I was finished, I think, with, with the. Um, it was only a couple of years ago with the hurlers, and uh, I found him a fascinating guy that way. You know, I was. It's like meeting Brian Cody. Uh, mm. Cody, you, you find yourself talking to Cody if you're waiting at a function for thirty minutes, and and you're saying I got about two questions in there. He got about nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's and you yeah. and you still you don't realize it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. I, that's probably one of the things with Cluxton as well, and we'll, and we'll move off him now, but there's probably this, this you know, he doesn't do the big two-page, you know, interviews. and <laughs> Certainly know, not. You know, no, and, and, no. and like, and I suppose there, there's a little, people don't know him then, you know, they, they don't have that kind of what makes him tick or, or, you know, what does he like to do? Does he play golf? Does he, whatever. We don't know anything. And you've got other guys that are, that are there constantly. We know everything, every detail about their life. So uh, I, I still, I just think that the guy, you know, he's one of those, kind of ultra professional kind of a guy he's in a really amateur game a guy who, who who probably doesn't in some circles still doesn't get the credit that he deserves maybe because of his low kind of profile and, and the way he keeps himself in the shadows a little bit you know? well I know we need to move on like, but is there a little negative side to that as well Mike you know? do you remember the time Tomas gave him the ball what yeah. year, what year, 2012 what was it or? 13 was it 13 maybe I'd say he yeah. handed him the ball and, after the he, ball and the he threw the ball up into the crowd in on his way down the tunnel he didn't even wait for the captain to get the cup am I right uh, I heard that I'm, I'm not I sure think, I think that's a fact yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. bizarre stuff like isn't it yeah. you know? they, question Mike just on, on the football are they you know the way at the start of the year the entire narrative obviously about the football was five in a row Realistically, and the Dalo, this goes back to the whole like you know where football is in the summer at the moment. Like we're in the middle of June now. Could you say we're any bit more down the road in terms of knowing whether the five in a row is going to happen or not? I really don't think we are. I mean, I really don't think we've seen anything whatsoever that would either represent a chink in the armor or would represent a kind of a oh they're just going to blow everything. Because like in the in in the GA firmament, they're the one side now that's just basically on a different tier or seems to be on a different tier to everybody else but you, you all know everybody is in a different tier to everybody else until the 70 minutes where they end up getting caught and we're all there afterwards kind of going Jesus I never saw that one coming how did that happen? Well Mike's, Mike's knowledge of this now will be, it'll be fascinating to hear from but I actually did an old gig during the week and Pat Spillane was with us uh, the aforementioned uh, Pat Spillane who thinks we're all uh, what do you say cheerleaders yeah. uh, but he spoke about the five in a row thing and he said, you know, he said, obviously, they're the best team in the country. And he said, um, but he said, five in a row, right? I can take it back because it's so clear in my mind. We were the best team in the country. If we played awfully for three weeks, which I found a bit cocky now, yeah. we would have beaten them every day of the 21 days, bear that one day. <laughs> and there's a nice crowd listening to this upstairs Sounds in the boar's like head, yeah. you know. Um, but he said, like... With 10 minutes to go, fellas started to do things that I had never seen before as long as I played with them. And he said, like, is is this going... Can this happen? We, we saw it with Kenny as well, he said. Cody, ice cold, the whole thing ice cold. And funny things started to happen. Shefflin playing with a cruciate, you know. And he says, so I'm, I don't know. He says, I just still think we won't know until it comes down the stretch. But I have a feeling... Will it be down the stretch, Barrett's Kerry? I honestly do know, not just two Kerry men here, like, but unless it's Kerry, I don't think anyone will bring him down the stretch. But, like, is there, like, even with Tip and Kilkenny and with Kerry, with Offaly, even though it was a shock, like, the previous year, they'd done well in the final against Kerry. The year before that, they were in the semi final. They were, they were progressing all the time. And Tip, when Tip finally took Kilkenny down, they were progressing all the time. But, like, I just look, no, looking, or my perception is, there isn't a Tyrone or a Kerry who, Ready. Are, who are, you know, yeah, last year, no, we, we took them for 50 minutes or 55 minutes. And like this year, no, we'll be set up. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there doesn't seem to be an obvious contender for the offly And, and unfortunately, Mike, from Kerry's point of view, and, and Michal knows this better anyone than me, like Kerry actually haven't even had a crack off Dublin in the last couple of years in championship. That's the real thing. As you, I think that's a very good point. Offly, 
I know you can say they were coming, but they were hanging around for a couple of years. Same with Tip with Kilkenny. Whereas, like, if you're talking, Dalo, about Kerry being the nearest... Kerry actually haven't played Mike. When was the last time? It was the 2016 final? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, sure, they haven't, they haven't got there since. They so. haven't been, and no. they haven't played Dublin in championship since. They've drawn with them in the league, they've beaten them in the league, and they've beaten them in the league final. But they're a bit away, so I mean... I, I just think you can't account off for DNA and sort of Birkwright and if Kerry do get to the final, like these lads are, are rare maybe on, on... They came up winning minors and Kerry, like I often was fascinated with the great story going back to years of party again of Mikko saying we're going to go for a training spin in uh, Crow Park and just have a look around the place when they were young mm. that team coming through in the early 70s and mid 70s and he says no 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 I, I, when I go out there I want there to be 60,000 there like he says I dreamt about this long enough like you know I think that's bred into Kerry lads like you know but, that but like you know yourself it's a big ask to say to a team that won a league final against against Dublin then to come up against 82,000 people with a two-week run and you've seven or eight fellas who probably haven't played in all Ireland final. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said all that dynamic is different, whereas, like, you know, with Tip, with Offaly, that time, at least they had that kind of... Pre- and it wasn't even at that level, even 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I think it's... I, I just, like, you, you look, Kerry, Kerry have a lot of work to do before they even talk about an all Ireland final or playing Dublin because, like, what we saw against Clare two weeks ago... Um, would not be good enough to get you anywhere close to that kind of a level. But obviously, we're we're talking about you know a very early stage. Like I thought, Donegal were hugely impressive the last day. So, yeah. You know, Jamie Brennan, Michael Murphy, McBrearty only coming back. It's only a, you know it's a shame that um, McNeilish is you know isn't isn't in the mix. I, I I think they've they've a real you know I think they have a real chance. Obviously, they're going to win Ulster and and, and they're going to be a team to beat. I'm not sure if May are going to get back in the wagon. Like you're, you're still going to have your your three or four, I think, contenders who are going to push and push and and make it as uncomfortable as possible. But at the moment, you know, from what you've seen, look, you're you're not going against against Dublin. But there's no there's you you can't factor in the kind of pressure that'll come with trying to make history and to be the first team that ever does that. As good as you know as they are and as cold as Gavin is. It's it's a it's still a long way to go to get over the line. And I know what you're saying, lads, about Tip haven't been near it and awfully haven't been near it. And I can remember that clearly, obviously. Um, I just think sometimes a young team, if they got there, a young team, like yeah. they just and no expectation, and they can just go off and explode on the day, like and do things that that's, that they're capable of doing because they're naturally gifted guys. But they don't they don't have the fear factor. There's no expectation. We have the chance and they explode. I, I think that might be the way that it might unravel. I don't think it will. <laughs> but if it does... Let me just ask one question to finish. Um, we'll leave the football, Michael, next week because we have a ball of provincial finals coming up, as you know, on the on the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd. Straight question to Michael Moynihan. Straight question to Dalo. Who's in the Munster Hurling final, Michael? More Limerick and Tip. So you think next Sunday is the dress rehearsal? Yeah, and I, I which isn't which isn't ideal. Yeah, but that's that's the fascinating thing. How do you approach? Like if you're if you're Sheedy, do you give a few of the under twenty ones a run? Like like mm. uh, John Coyle is going to play his strongest team anyway, but he's he knows they'll they'll meet again. Like yeah, yeah but I, how's the scoring difference? Like I wonder. There, I think Limerick's now has gone up. Like oh yes, there's be very. See good that. Game. See if they win. They're on six. Um, Tip will be on six, and if Cork be clear, they'll be on six. So it comes down into scoring difference to who'll be in the Munster final. So I'm not sure, Tony, how I can answer that uh, 100%. Um, Cork are 25 behind Tip in scoring difference. So a Cork, it would look like a Limerick tip, so, but Limerick would have to beat Tip then this Sunday. Like. They would, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you would. <laughs> like the way Tip are hurling. Who's going to beat them? Like, oh, yeah, but like the way the way Limerick set up, like that's going to be interesting. You know, yeah. how do Limerick set up because they know the way Tip are going to move. Plus, I mean, the fact that I don't think Tip's backs have been tested, you know, seriously yet. Yeah, I am. Um, it's a hard one to call. It's look, I don't think it matters to them a whole pile. To who? To either Limerick or Tip? Either the three of them or Cork. I swear to God, I don't think it matters. No, no. no because uh, honestly, and I think. The narrative, in one way, about why this hurling championship hasn't quite taken off. I mean, managers want to win every game because that's the nature of that game. Mm. But I think players have had half an eye on this third place. Call out, just mm. get out of here. Let's let's get out because 
Like you'll you'll virtually have a four to five week kind of with the handy match, let's say, with due respect to the John McDonough finalists. You know, with 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 them in it, um, you know, you, you that third place match and the whole razzmatazz of a monster final is removed from you. Look, I remember asking Shane Dowling if it would have affected them last year if they'd made a monster final. No, he said it wouldn't, but he said it didn't hurt that we kind of went in the back door. All the hype died down. And we were able to get ourselves arranged nice and easy. Of course, the real crime of this podcast is we haven't discussed how actually hurling puck outs influenced Stephen Cluxon's restarts, but that's for next week. <laughs> oh my God, oh, <laughs> better, better, wrap it, better wrap it up there now. Mikey, yeah. Mikey, we need another hour. We need another hour for this. So don't look after it all, see? <laughs> uh, thanks, folks, for listening. Uh, great crack. Great crack here today. Great, great mix. Um, really enjoyable. As always, you can listen on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, iTunes and the Irish Examiner slash podcast. Uh, Thanks for being with us. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.